everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on any and every platform you use to engage with us. For our first episode of 2023, we're going to recap and discuss The Wood, a 1999 comedy drama film written by Rick Famuyiwa and Todd Boyd, directed by Rick Famuyiwa and starring Omar Epps, Richard T. Jones, and Tay Diggs. The film made $25 million <laughs> on a budget of $6 million. And in 2000, wow. it was nominated for four Black Reel Awards and an NAACP Image Award. Aww. Also, the cast includes several notable Black actors, including Sanaa Lathan, <laughs> Melinda Williams, Lisa Ray McCoy, and Tamala Jones. For some, this cast alone would be enough to make this movie a classic. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from other right perspective. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we always start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I'm the youngest. And Brittany, you picked this movie. Is that right? Like you you put the wood on the list, right? If there are any Black rom-coms ever in any season, <laughs> just know that I was for it. Hmm. Now, Every last one of them, I made sure to add is it. The, I don't think this is a rom-com. They don't call it a rom-com on the internet. I don't think this is oh. a rom-com. Mm -hmm. oh. That's interesting though, because there is a love story but it's not the central story. It's not the it's story. It's not the central story. Yeah. It's true. It's a it's a romantic comedy about bromance. It is a bromance. It is a bromance. It's a bromance. Right. Yeah, it's about friendship. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it that, but I would not say you were wrong for calling it that. <laughs> That's <laughs> where I'm feels. at. That's where I'm at. I, I will not say you're wrong, but I will not echo the sentiment. You right. should echo, because you should echo it. Uh, but 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 bro couldn't a bunch of bros go watch this movie like a bunch of guys like like hey hey we're all guys let's go see a movie want to go see oh the one is where the guys <laughs> that you know <laughs> that's where are those guys, guys from that's how guys talk when they're together hey hey we're guys want to go see a <laughs> no you <laughs> sound <laughs> like you <laughs> sound <laughs> like dan from mall Cop, from the you mall know. Gang. Yeah, you know what's man. I really like you. Mom, mom, man. But this is a movie where I think a bunch of guys could go and watch it. You know, it's interesting because I, I do see what you're saying, but I don't know that, like seeing the trailer for the movie, if it's a movie that would strike me like, Oh, let me go see this with my boys. Yeah. But if we did, we would all, I'm sure, see what you're talking about, basically. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But like, I don't know. This is my first time I've ever seen this movie. Okay, I didn't realize that, yeah. bro. Yep. Okay. Well, I actually did go back and watch the trailer from like from you know back in the day. And the trailer, it was so interesting because the trailer made it seem, and I only watched one of them, you know, but the trailer made it seem like it was more about the wedding than it was. So for wow. example, Lisa Ray McCoy's character was in the trailer a couple of times. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, like snippets of her being frustrated. Really? Okay. But we okay. know from watching the movie that 
there, there was for minutes. five seconds. Yeah. There was a, there was a there was a wedding that was the 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 base. It was like the the timing of the movie. Like it was like the the moment that the movie that held the movie, but the movie wasn't really about that wedding. Yeah, and you know mm-hmm. that would make sense because I wouldn't go like like I've never seen Best Man. Is that like I? I yeah, it's not that I have anything against these movies at all. They just wouldn't motivate me to, you know what I mean, go see it, especially not with my boys. Right. But right. um but yeah, that that being said, I am surprised. I'm just imagining that text message thread. Hey guys, I'm watching the Woodleader. We can buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there would be definitely a pause coming right there. <laughs> Man. Except that one uh, friend that's ride or die, but like, yeah, man, I'm bringing some chips. Yeah, a good movie's a good movie, man. But bro, I just didn't know. I didn't realize this was your first time. I've seen it many times because, in fact, it came out in 1999, which was the year I started at Howard. You know, and so there were certain movies like like Best Man, and um and The Wood, and then also um I was saying to Brittany earlier, Life the movie with um Eddie Murphy and uh, Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That came out in 99. So there's certain to add that, that to like, the list. Since I don't think it's on there. Yeah, we got to add that to the list. You know. Man, that's such a That's, that's a hood. part of like my fresh year. Movie. That's a hood movie. But yeah. it's a tragic one. I, I... It is so sad. It's the opposite of what we just watched. I'm not dying. I'm not dying. I don't want to think about it right now. Okay. I'm put, but I'm, I'm not saying so I'm not dying. unfortunate. I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm not dying. I'm putting it on, I'm putting it on the list with a sad so face next to it. <laughs> this, this is the only movie on the whole list with a little sad face. Life. Well, well. Like I gotta, it's supposed <laughs> to be it. It's supposed to try to force a happy ending. You're like, I still kind of feel bad though. <laughs> Well, you know, this movie, um, you know, it when it comes down to picking a voting symbol for it, you know, there was there were so many things because the movie is like it is sentimental because it's a look back film where you're in present day, but they're reflecting and they're thinking about the past. So there were a lot of things that 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 held the sentiment that the movie was conveying. But I have one voting symbol to recommend to y'all. And it is Tic Tacs. So why Tic Tacs? Great question. So Tic Tacs, number one, they were present in both the current day parts of the movie and the flashbacks to childhood, right? They were present in both. This is true. And in addition to it it being in the the youthful storyline and the adult storyline, as, as when they were young, <laughs> Slim and Roland, they were constantly giving Mike, who was new to town, you know, new to LA, you know, they were constantly giving him, I'm sorry, new to Inglewood, new to California. They were constantly giving him advice on like their, their recipe of being super cool, you know? And when it came down to mints, they were schooling you know, Mike about mints in this convenience store, like they had mints down to a science. And it was just such, it was just so, it was just such a wonderful moment of just like how their relationships were, you know, with Mike sitting there just taking it all in like, yeah, these guys are giving me top-notch advice, you know? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, the green mints do X, Y, and Z, you know? And it was just so, 
and then as adults, we get a call back to the Tic Tacs because one of the three of them, Roland, he's about to get married. He's drunk off in the corner, okay, with cold feet. And they go again to a convenience store to the get Tic Tacs. The same convenience store. And what are they getting again? Tic Tacs. So, so the, what about Tic Tacs? They were consistent all throughout the years, just like their friendship. Man, I have Bam. not. When we, when that part came up in the <laughs> movie, I was like. She broke it down. I said, Brent, when's the last time you've seen a Tic Tac? I was like, I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't thought about Tic Tacs in forever. They have a lot Tic-tacs of Tic Tacs are still a, a semi-regular part of my life. Tic Tacs for me are more of a candy. Yeah, I get the orange Tic Tacs. The tangerine Tic Tacs. Yeah. I really get the um, mint ones. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because I'm just saying, and that is, it's another good one, sis, in the sense that I'm not going to get into my talk or talk, but I'm just saying, like, that is definitely a good part. You know, like, I, I remember having the same conversation, but for us, it's like juicy fruit versus double mint, you know? Yeah. But, it was the, but the same, okay. but the same elements were in the conversation. And it's a very, yes, I, 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 I like that. I don't even want to talk about mine. Bro, you have to at least tell us what 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 voting symbols you came up with well the the what i was originally thinking was the condom <laughs> and the reason why is i think the movie did a really good job of just showing how it is being a, a young kid growing up whatever and just that ever present like as soon as it turns on in your brain, like that's all you're thinking about <laughs> as a guy. And they just and that condom was like a representation of that, you know, because it's always there. You know, like every guy, <laughs> every guy had it in his wallet years before it was even <laughs> a thought of, of to use it. And I'm just saying that was a really good so but. The reason why I like the Tic Tacs better is because the condom one doesn't really give the whole arc, you know, like it, it doesn't give the whole, uh, you know, from the beginning to the end, um, as far as, you know, because at the end it's showing how their priorities are different and you know what I mean? So say, so even though it's a good one, just, you know, comedy wise, yeah. I'm just saying, as far as something that represents being present through the whole movie and an attitude of discussing philosophy, like guys do, you know, well, you know, the beginning is Tic Tacs. At the end, they're talking about marriage, but it's still the three of them, you know? <laughs> so I just, that's what I'm saying. When you say that, that one is a, is a, is a great, uh, you know, bottle of Tic Tacs or a, Case well, 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 bro, I got to tell you, James came up with condom as well because yeah. he watched the movie with me yesterday and he was like, oh, I got the voting symbol, a condom. And I, I was mean, like, it was, I'm like, I was, 
I was very set on it. That's that. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I was I was very set on it until because I was gonna say, like, I was gonna use brother Vito today. Cause it was so it caught it's funny. It's it funny. Is. And, it, it's and, funny. It, and it was it's a coming of age moment. It's, it, 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 it's funny. You know. Yeah. But that but the ticks actually more representative. And I don't know how much, again, since this is the first time I saw it, I don't know how much the condom scene was representative of the movie. Like, I don't know if that was a part that everybody talked about or, you know. So, so anyway, I'm just saying, I, I like the TikToks. Yeah, yeah. I, I There was one part of the condom scene that I I remember kind of making fun of a little bit, which was when, when the Linda Williams character looks at the penis with the condom on it and says, is it supposed to look like that? <laughs> <laughs> and he Yo, goes, I, I guess. Oh, hold on. Stop. Just everybody uh-uh. stop. Hold on. We're, we're about to go. Uh-uh. Look, 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 we're about to talk about it. Just hold okay. everybody. Just hold. Everybody hold back. Those, okay. Yeah. Those, don't forget them. Don't forget them. Don't forget them. <laughs> sis, sis, what about you in terms of voting symbols? What comes up for you? But I, I will say this, I literally, because you all know, if you've been watching our podcast, even just for one episode, we know I'm never prepared for this. No, but, literally but, but you're prepared and not being prepared. Exactly. And, and this time, as you all were talking, I couldn't come up with anything except for, you know, reefer and guns, which <laughs> there was only a gun one time and reefer once. So I just thought it was funny. And, and it wasn't much of either. There wasn't much either. It was a smidgen. It was a scene. It was a smidgen. It was a smidgen. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't part of the movie at all. Pivotal in no way. So um, no, I don't have any voting symbols, and I love tic tac or condoms. (laughs) Well, okay. So Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. because Aubrey and I were in alignment on tic tac, let's go with tic tacs, y'all. Excellent. So at the end (laughs) of this podcast, we will take a vote. And in order for the wood to be considered a classic, it must receive three packs of Tic Tacs. Okay, if it, it could That's receive a fresh breath, it could receive zero, one, or two, but it must receive three to be considered a classic. All right, so let's do a recap. Um, if, you, if you're new to our podcast, we do do a spoiler-filled recap in case people haven't seen the content in a while because it's always it's generally quite old. The wood short for Inglewood, California, centers around three longtime friends. Mike, played by Omar Epps as an adult, and Sean Nelson as a teen, is a good-natured kid with a Southern sweetness and charm. Slim, played by Richard T. Jones as an adult, and Dwayne Finley as a teen. He's an athlete and like a funny guy, and he always has like something slick to say, but not <laughs> not like a like a spiteful, mean way, like a jokester kind of like way. And then Roland, uh, played by Tay Diggs as an adult, and Trent Cameron as a teen. He's like a pretty boy, and he considers himself a ladies' man, regardless of whether the ladies agree with that. Okay. And they have been friends since they since the age of 14. And now they're all grown up and they're in their late 20s and they're into their careers. And for one of them, Roland, the Tay Dix character, is supposed to be his wedding day, except that he is drunk and with a major case of cold feet. They have just under three hours until the ceremony for him to sober up and decide if he wants to go through with it. 
And the, the guys use the time to reflect on the journey of their friendship, going all the way back to the day they first met in the schoolyard. Mike's family had just moved to Inglewood from North Carolina, and it was Mike's first day at school. And, you know, sensing he was not only new, but out of his element, Roland and Slim befriend him immediately and they teach him their version of cool, which they, <laughs> which they summed up in two words, mackin' and hangin'. Mackin' and hangin'. And as you can imagine, since we're dealing with a group of teenage boys, the macking was clearly their primary focus. <laughs> they all did their share of dating, but one of them, but one of them had, had an epic high school romance, and that was Mike. On his first day of school in Inglewood, he laid eyes on Alicia, who played Sanaa Lathan as an adult, who was played by Sanaa Lathan as an adult and Melinda Williams as a teen, and he basically fell in love. Eventually, she fell for him too, and they gave their virginities to each other, and they continued dating until it was time to leave for college when, when things ended. The guys reminisce about all of that stuff, and then they turn their thoughts to present day. Why does Roland have such cold feet? And we learn that he's actually less afraid of commitment and more nervous about all the changes that are going to come along with it, like mm. moving away from his friends. The truth is they're all nervous about that, but they also believe that their friendship is strong enough to weather the changes. Roland does go on to get married to Lisa, who's played by Lisa Ray McCoy. And at the wedding, Mike is actually reunited with Alicia. And clearly that old spark remains, clearly. And, mm -hmm. and when Mike and Slim finish giving their best man speech, they invite the room to raise their glasses to the wood, the place where it all began. The end. <laughs> Y'all, this In movie. Wood. Yeah. You know, and we talked about it already, but, you know, this movie was really about the friendship of these guys. Yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, it was impossible to do this recap without talking about the love story because, you know, they, they made it very much a part of like Mike's development. And his That's what's going on. I know both of you have seen this movie a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I was saying the words as I was watching. And I know that you both love this movie based on, <laughs> I know at least Brittany loves it. No, I, 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 you know, I, I, for me, it's one that I, like I said, it's, it's, it's special to me because of yeah. my memories that go along with it. And but I, I, I can't put it at the level where, where Brittany had it, has it. What but level do you all it's, think it's, I have it on? No, no, no. no. I'm just saying it's movie. a good movie. I'm just saying this. Again. I do. I, I'm just saying y'all both love, love the movie, right? I, but what I'm saying is, you'll never be able to know how good it is. Like, like you'll never really be able to know as much as you. It's just like if I if there was a, a a movie that was just so close to your experience, it's like, yeah, other people will get this, but like, like. I mean, that dude nailed what it is growing up as a young black man in the 80s, 90s, around that time. It just, I mean, like everything from the beginning of just, even when you could tell he was probably that, when we just found out, we just watched a, a clip where he was telling a story part where he was in the, uh, the grocery, the um, corner convenience store, store the yeah. convenience store, and it was getting robbed. 
and he was just it's a story from his real life. It's a story we, from we his real life. We saw a video of him telling that story. It is like the it's, it's based on a story from his real life of being in a convenience store, and then all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's being held up, and, and now he's saying, in a crisis of like, how do I get out of here? You know. But I'm just saying, like, there were so many situations where, like, I rem- every guy, every guy knows about getting called up to the front of the room at the wrong time. Every guy. <laughs> every guy and if it's not getting called up in front of the room it's just an inopportune situation and it's just one of those things in life the more you try to (laughs) and for those who may not have seen the movie or don't remember oh yeah you're right you're right right. there's a scene where um where the where the Mike character he's aroused he's aroused because he's just seen Alicia for the first time and it was fine because he was sitting down and then the teacher calls him to the front of the room to introduce himself. And he's trying to give himself a pep talk so his erection will go down. And all he could do was just hold a binder in front of himself. I'm just and, letting you know. And sit down as fast as possible. Every, everybody, I'm just letting you know. Because like, even what I said, every guy knows about that walking in front of the room. Even if he's never seen the movie and had no context, he would know what I was talking about. Yeah. Or like when he was dancing. I literally said it with him, but it was like, don't get hard. <laughs> like, I, and it was just like, not only did he, was he putting the, the correct inner dialogue there, it was perfectly timed. Cause like everything he was saying, you knew. So I'm just saying, right from the beginning, I really identified with, yeah. with the movie in that way. And when we're saying what he, you know, his real life, we're talking about the writer, Rick Femuyiwa. You know, that's who we're talking about here that Aubrey is saying did such a great job of capturing the young black man experience from that from that era. It's so interesting though, bro, because I love hearing you talk about how relatable it was for, for, for men, you know, reflecting on being boys. But I also was able to really identify with this movie. You know, there was something in it that just rang so true. And I think part of it for me was that a lot of the movies that we see um, have extremes, a lot of extremes in in terms of like the coming of age stuff, you know, and it's like. You know, if it's if it's a, if it's a girl, she's been through horrible trauma. Right, right, right. right you know, right, if right. it's a boy, he's in gangs. You know, I don't know, or just something like uh, extreme s- scenarios. Whereas this movie just had a lot of different situations that we all could relate to, and um, none of them were so extreme. Right. They were just yeah right. that that happened to me. Or, yeah, I remember that. Or yeah, I was you know just even the fact that they were um playing in the courtyard before school and during lunch i re- that's what we did we stood in the court yes. why were we doing that we just stood there talking hanging out in the courtyard before school and at lunch and i y'all, i searched my mind i cannot remember another coming of age tale that that showed that experience as accurately as this movie did. The only other one that I could think of that did show like that kids hanging out in that kind of way was Clueless. But that movie was showing, again, it was an extreme. It was was a community of extreme, extremely wealthy people. So it wasn't completely relatable. This was like a black middle-class life. And it just, it just rang true. Yeah. 
you know, what about for you, Seth? Well, it's funny. I wasn't having any of the same experiences that you two were having. Oh, for <laughs> real? That's interesting. I was just enjoying it and cracking up. It was more <laughs> And just being in love with every dark skinned man that came across the screen. I was hey, look, like, hey, look, let me just here, say, Brit, chocolate skin. Let me just say, Brent, this is one of the movies. I, I want to just interject on this point. I don't want to derail the point. <laughs> but I just, this is one of the movies where dudes would be like, in their mind, like, okay, I get it. I, 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 like, like, I'm not gonna argue with y'all. Like, I, I understand why you would be excited in this movie. You know, these dudes got their stuff together. <laughs> but you know what? I will say this. One thing I did have a reflection on is that my childhood, my experiences were not really like this. Mm. And I and I missed that. Whoa. I missed I mean, and then, you know, the whole, the saying is, you can't miss nothing you never had. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, mm. I don't know. Every it's time I'm looking at, like, you know, mm. videos of, like, Johannesburg, I'm like, I miss not being in South Africa. Like, I'm missing <laughs> it. Okay. So, yeah, you can miss stuff you've never had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> okay, I haven't been there yet. Okay. And so, um, but at, just this whole because I mean you all already know but for those who are new to the podcast we all grew up church kids but I think out of the three of us I came out of the womb a church lady with a tambourine and selling plates (laughs) and so (laughs) I remember remember you with a Martin Luther King fan and so like the things that were happening in this movie, they were fun to watch. I've heard stories of the legends of these things. <laughs> like it was, it was like, oh my God, I, I probably saw it from across the room, but it was like to have had it happen. None of it. Like it was, so I was, it was fun. It was, so for me, it was just watching this movie of people that I enjoy and waiting for my favorite parts. Mm. Um, right, right, right. And, and then being um, funny. And being funny. Yeah, and just totally. and telling a, a good story. Right. Honestly, it didn't make anybody look like a horrible person. It's Even so with Tay Diggs having cold feet, getting drunk, going to his ex's house the day of his wedding, <laughs> singing to her, saying that her booty is rotund. Like all these things that were happening, it still didn't make him look, he was being human. Yeah. He was scared about the future. Yeah. And I think that sometimes what I think what this movie did was give you an opportunity to know adulthood is messy. Mm. And we want so bad for it. And I'll speak for myself personally. I I have wasted so much time for my life to be A plus B equals C. And I wasted so much time. And when I moved away from that, I had a a good girlfriend that was like, man, life is great. And I used to be like, I I mean, it is, but like, (laughs) there's some stuff that's black and white, girl. I don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, I'm sitting right here like, oh, it's so murky. Oh, the clouds (laughs) are everywhere. Somebody turns some fog lights on. And so just watching this movie, it really just was nice to see 
people living life. Sometimes your decisions are going to be super awesome and come up with some super awesome conclusions. But sometimes your decisions are going to be super terrible and they're going to come out with some super terrible conclusions. But the thing about it is you don't stop. You keep moving, ask for forgiveness when you need to, or you, um, or you, or you accept someone uh, asking for your asking for your forgiveness because they've wronged you, and you keep it moving. And so, you know, I just and I loved seeing them being friends, especially Lavinio, who was Slim. But his name being Lavinio was hilarious. Lavinio, and Slim, and Roland, just them two going back and forth since they were younger. Mm-hmm. It's Yo, just, it's I loved just it. So... I just I loved it. And sis, sis, what you were just saying about the the fact that we were able to see nuance in these characters' lives and that murkiness, you reminded me. I wanted to read you all a quick passage from this article I found, and it's from Vice you know, and um, it is from 2019 and it's called 20 Years Later, The Wood is still a defining coming of age story for black men. Uh, Fans of the Rick Fumiyiwa directed comedy reflect on how the film shaped their views on black brotherhood. Mm. And the author of the article is DeAsia Page. But I just want to read you this one little part. Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, Juice. In the 90s, the most popular film depicting Black men were so almost always associated with drugs, gangs, violence, or a combination of all three. While the protagonists in these cult classics are forced to grapple with escaping the effects of violence in their communities, Rick Famuyiwa's 1999 film, The Wood, which turns 20 this week, did something a bit different. It portrayed a bond between Black men that wasn't solely based on the crime happening around them a nuanced relationship study that Hollywood still seems to find trouble pinning down two decades after the film's release. Wow. That's such a good quote. I'm going to just let you know. That's such a good quote. It sums it up. It sums it up. Mike's character, one of my favorite scenes was when they were, it was after they were in the store that was being robbed, who happened to be being robbed by Alicia Mike's love interest, object of his affection. Well, the school, right? Which I love that. Everybody loved Alicia. And um, they were, it was her brother and he was robbing the store. And so they were like, let me give y'all a little dudes a, he used the N word a lot. Let me give y'all the mamas use dudes. He let me give y'all a little dudes a ride to the, um, to the store. And they got in the car and there was a part where he offered them some weed and they were like, nah, you know, we don't do that. And he was like, what are y'all some, I think he called them lames or something like that. And he was like, Mike stood up for himself. He's like, no, we just don't do that. And I was just like, <laughs> I, I was and, just so and, happy and, that and he And they moved it. on. They moved it on. It wasn't a big deal. It was like, it okay, no drugs it for was you. Like, what? You know, yeah. take this. It was just kind of like, you know, what, what he said, more drink drag for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just, can I, I just, love that part. <laughs> was somebody else making a point? I feel like, no, no, go ahead, you know, bro. Go in, ahead. The, in the middle of a point that Brittany got in on it, oh, and I don't want to get too. I don't know. I don't, bro. <laughs> it's too late. We're in it. We're in, We're it. in it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> there is growing up as a, as a young black dude in the, in the 80s and 90s. I identify somewhat with a lot of the movies that came out, a little bit here and there. But there has never been a movie beginning to end where I just 
have real convers real situations in my life that correspond to all the things wow. that were happening because like we grew up in Point Breeze, which is in Pittsburgh. In, in Pittsburgh, which is next to Homewood. Point Breeze at, was like a let's say you had a Middle real class, up, real upper class in South Point Breeze. As you go a little further north, it was like you know a little mixed. Mm-hmm. And then when you cross the bridge, that's when there would be you know distressed neighborhoods, stuff like that. But to make it real, real simple. But the point I'm trying to make is, is where we lived. I was in this weird situation where I would interact with these tough, you know, gang dudes, but you're not one of them. And, and, and the, the funny thing is, is that, but like what more than what you doing, what they want you to be doing, they just, they respect confidence when you're doing what you're doing that's it and like and, and the thing is is that every dude well i think well for me and i would think a lot of dudes who are in that situation have been in a circumstance where the the hood dude you earned his respect somehow and it's like it's not a big thing it's not a small like he didn't as you can see he didn't talk about it a whole bunch mm-hmm. and i'm talking about like after that ride when, when 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 they had, you know, where he stood up for himself. Not only that, he wasn't a snitch when the police came around. It was like, and the fact that he was even in that situation was something that people who grew up like that can relate to. Because it's like, remember the conversation they were having before? It was like, yo, we shouldn't even go over there. You know, and like, but you're like, okay, I know nine times out of 10, if I go over there, it'll be okay. And like, you know, you're essentially the good kid, yes. but you still want to go to the store. Yeah, I'm just saying it was just a great way to show that whole transition of at the end, he tested him. You know, I'm talking about the um, Alicia's brother. Stacy. Stacy. Stacy tested him, saw that he will hold his ground and saw that he's a good dude. And then all of a sudden, he respect them. And I'm just saying, that whole situation, especially if he was growing up in Pittsburgh, because the gang members are so cool. You go to, you're on the bus with them. You're, totally. You know, you're, you're, you're friends you're, with them. You're friends with them, you know? And St- Stacy was played by DeAndre Woods. Well, love, uh, I'm sorry, DeAndre Bonds. Fun. DeAndre Bonds. He is. And his character was so important for a couple of reasons. I mean... you know, one of the things that would have been unrealistic is if they were portraying a black community that didn't have any element of a little bit of like some gang stuff, that would have been complete. We would have been like, okay, now you've created utopia. But what made it so real was that, you know, it was like, they were around the bloods were around, you know? And it was like, um, cause that was, that's all our experience, you know? And and it was like, um, for those who haven't seen the movie or, or, or haven't seen it in a while, you know, the first encounter between Mike and, and Alicia's brother, Stacy was, you know, Mike touched Alicia's butt on the, on the, on the courtyard. And she said, oh, I'm telling my brother. And everybody's like, oh, you in trouble. Cause her brother is Stacy. He's a blood. He's coming for you. 
and he did come for him. And but when Stacy came to confront, um, you know, Mike, part of it was that Mike was from out of town. Okay, right. so he he, he, didn't probably didn't know, he didn't know how scared he should be, Listen. but he stood his ground and it he actually is bliss. He, <laughs> he got the first punch in. Okay, but then they had a legit fight, and yeah, Stacy did beat Mike completely. He won the fight. Okay, but, then later, later on, later on, when they're in these situations that the Aubrey and Brittany were just talking about, where it's like, okay, um, the 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 three friends they accidentally are a part of a robbery that Stacy is doing of a convenience store. They continue to just do what any of us would do, which is just to try to mind their own business. And because that was the truthful response, Stacy's character, all he could do was respect them for that. Yeah. It was like, you, you just, you were, you were just doing what you had to do. You didn't try to be the whistleblower. You didn't try to be a hero. You just tried to mind your own business. That's right. And I respect that, you know? And, and he respected how, like, the thing was is, um, I lost his name that quick. The the guy. Stacy. Oh, no, not Stacy. The um, main so the thing about it is and the other thing i love about the time that it was portraying is that yeah he was off the hook for going to go grab her butt there was an appropriate response you can beat down that's it and that was that, that like was nobody had to take it further he understood yeah i did I did. I'm going to get beat up. I, I did grab her butt. I, I tried to stay. I stood tall. And I'm just saying there's a certain honor in that. Totally. It's, like, it's, it's like he's Mike knew what he did. He caught it. He stood up as best he could. And it was like everybody respected everybody. Yes, totally. And, and it's just like that was a different time. But even in that moment, which was which was nice because it's is showing someone being honest. And he was like, the Stacy, when he approached Mike, he said to him, What you think my sister's some little hoe? And he was like, No, I think she's pretty. And what he said, <laughs> and this is taking place in 1986, by the way, in the movie. This is, it's 1986. This is, this is all his this is first happening. day of school. <laughs> I was like, This is a very traumatic first day. But Alicia hears him say that. And I think that for Alicia, she sees something different because she's used to all the guys trying to get with her at school and they mm -hmm. all want the same thing. But she's seeing that he is seeing her in a different way. And so she has to stop Stacy from almost killing him. Uh, she's like, I just told you to scare him. Stop. And which I was like, I don't know. I, she slaps him. And I was like, this is a very weird dynamic between a brother and sister. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I would ever slap my brother. But I understood why it needed to happen as well. I just appreciated this whole dynamic. It was like, I'm protecting you, my sister. Now you want me to stop? But yo, here's, here's the thing. That is how it is. Like, <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Like, when you are out and when you're, you know, you're a young guy, you're riding your bike all over the place and just being in these different situations. There are dudes who are known that they are crazy AF, right? And like, they will, like, however their brain is wired, it just goes to that nuclear yeah, so sure. fast. And they got the, the thing is, but the irony is, <laughs> is they, anybody, anybody who says anything to them, it's like immediate, 
but then it'll just be this one person in her life. Either it's their mom or their sister or just somebody who's there and who could be like, yo, you, who can smack them? <laughs> right. And I'm like, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Let me go. It's like, like that's, but it's like, they're so crazy. That's their one conscience. It's like a physical yes. representation. So even that was true because they're like, I'm telling you, you can name everybody who grew up around this time, can name probably at least five people who fit that exact, you know, but bro, but bro, I would also say, and I, I agree with you 100% because I can think of five people yeah. like that. Uh, but I also think that I love the way that they built the Stacy character because yeah. he wasn't that extreme guy. You know, he, he wasn't the guy that just, you know, pops right. off mm -hmm. at any given thing, you know, because even when they were robbing the convenience store, they were robbing it for snacks. They weren't trying to get money. They were literally trying to get what was it, zigzags? It was like it was like some zig, some stuff, some black and mild, some potatoes. They, they walked out with just a handful of stuff. It was just so like they weren't trying to like. And I mean, anyway, so so the character that they created was a type that is familiar to us, mm -hmm. but it was not an extreme meant to make some kind of point. It was just a truthful brother for the Alicia character, oh, you, you know. know it, it, you're, I just wanted to co-sign that point that you made because you, you made it earlier. But I'm saying, yes, movies usually, you know, you got to turn up the volume or at least people feel that way because right. it's a movie. But what I'm saying is, this is an example of how you don't have to turn up nothing. You don't have to turn up no don't. Everything could just... Life is interesting in some situations. And I'm just saying, having a snapshot of these guys' lives going up, and even the way they frame it, of them going through the day, reminiscing, that's exactly how we do. Like, yo, remember the time when you put, and like when you start telling <laughs> the story, it's like you're there again. And even in the moments where they're older, because the story, it goes time leaps back and forth. Basically, the story is going through today. We're going through this wedding situation. But through that, they flash back to different moments in their life. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is, all as our friends start getting married and stuff like that, you just know all of the emotions they're going through. Absolutely. Cause, cause it, 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 and now me being... Wait, how old am I? 42. 44. <laughs> 44. <laughs> it's, the crazy thing is I wasn't frightened. <laughs> but, but, like, but like, now I'm 44. Listen, I have to do the math sometimes. Me yeah, too. Sometimes, Me sometimes too. Sometimes it's track three because like, she's 40. I'm, that means I'm 37. Yeah, Got it. No, I, I, I'm 41, sis. I don't want to mess up your math there. Wait, how am I? <laughs> Wait, you and I are four years apart and you and Aubrey are three years apart. That's, That's right. right. Sorry. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, Real time. Real time. But, but what I'm saying is, is that the funny thing is, is if I saw the wood in 99, I would have still enjoyed it. And that's why I didn't want to answer your question too fully. Because I feel like it's part of what we should discuss. Yes, yes. Because if, if I would have went into, I wouldn't have thought it was bad, but it just wouldn't have hit me the way wow. it hit me because I I hadn't been through 
I've been through the first parts, but right. I haven't been through the second parts. Wow. And, that, and now that I've been through the second parts, now that I've been through the second parts of, you know, knowing what it's like to be talking to your homeboy the night before, like, yo, it's going to be all right. <laughs> and bro, I just, I just so appreciate you saying this because when I first saw this movie, I was right in the middle. I was in my freshman year of college. So I had just left the high school stuff behind and I was just entering adulthood. So I hadn't experienced the second half yet. Yeah, but, me too. Yeah. but there was something in it that still felt like truthful. You right, know what I mean? Right. And it was right. also something that, you know, even though, you know, again, I wasn't grown in my late 20s like the characters. But but it was still like they did such a good job of, of, of bringing nostalgia in as an energy that you were just feeling the nostalgia feel with them, you know? And I think um, one of the things I wanted to talk with y'all about, I mean, there's so much, but one of the choices I wanted to discuss with y'all was, um, you know, they really made some choices about not focusing on side characters. And I mean, so what actually happened was James was like, um, you know, did they show Mike's little brother at the wedding? <laughs> and I was like, huh. And because what, what actually, when we first meet Mike at the beginning of the film, it's him, his little brother and his mom that have moved to Inglewood, California. But that little brother ain't have no lines. And even on Wikipedia, he's just called Mike's younger brother. The character I don't think has a name. Uh, I got, I didn't go to IMDb to check, but I don't think the character has a name. Um, and no, we didn't see him, an adult version of him necessarily. Was he, there are all these black men at the wedding? Yeah, but we didn't point him out. Didn't want him. And well, then yeah. after, after James said that, I then was like, huh, we didn't really meet any of Alicia's girlfriends. And we got to see her double dutch with some girlfriends when she was young. But we never saw her in a community of girlfriends talking about what happened, debriefing anything, you know, key king over Mike or anything like that. We didn't get to see her in community. And then I started to think, hmm, we didn't really see the parents at all, except for Mike's mom. We saw her like two times when they did the flashbacks. And then we met the parents at the wedding when they were adults. But just naming that to kind of say, they made a choice to really just focus the on the three guys. That's it. And then Alicia popped in, you know, but yes. it was it was the four of them. If you really think about it, other than those four people, did we get to know anybody? Oh, and mm -hmm. Stacy. We got to know Stacy. We did. But Which that's I appreciate. It. That's, that's it. it. We don't know I, it. Not even like, you know, the other couple friends. You know how there's always like also Frank? <laughs> we didn't even see no Frank. Mm-mm. It was these three gentlemen growing did up notice in that? the wood. I I did, but you don't. It's not a big deal, right? It's like it's not a big deal because the movie's not about them. Right. It is about how they are accessories to the three of these boys, mm -hmm. and I think that that's genuine because it's just like when you're thinking about this friend group, what was important to them. Right. So what was important? It was getting girls numbers. It was going to the dance. <laughs> it was macking you know, it was, and it hanging. Hanging. Macking mac and, and hanging. <laughs> so there was a part when they did pull up to the school dance and Stacy um 
the um slim and Roland got out the car really fast and Stacy wanted Mike to hang back and he was just like you know he taught him a man lesson in that moment in my opinion um to be very clear about what you're saying and be confident in what you're saying mm. and so what Stacy asked him was like you know do you like my sister basically and he was like well yeah I guess he was like you guess and he was like well I do and so I appreciated it was a very very small moment mm. that Stacy was imparting some wisdom to him to be like and also saying this is my sister yep not anybody else all these other girls that are on the planet it actually doesn't matter you're talking about who's in my bloodline right now and so if you are liking her you need to be serious and he gave him an opportunity and said her favorite song is a luther vandross song if this world were mine and i want you to take an opportunity to get a dance and so for him mm. to get that opportunity that okay that go ahead from her big brother like I want you to pursue my sister because I see that you're a good dude mm. I and now this is his brother gang member you know whatever he knows the type of life he's living in and the things he's doing but he knows his sister's a good girl and he doesn't want her to be involved in any of those types of things and, and as a matter of fact many times when you um, have seen things with gang members even documentaries and stuff you're learning that they're doing this because they want to provide a better life for their actual family um, and some sort of protection for them. And so I appreciate that. That's where he got his nickname, Big Mike um, and Big Mike. So that is something he carried because of that situation. So I loved just seeing that piece of, this is like a big brother moment in a sense, not just for Alicia, but also for Mike. I thought that that was a really great moment that they put in there. Yeah, and, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. No, I'm saying that I, I would say that to, to respond to both of what you're saying, because I think they're so related, is that I loved that choice. Like, I love because this movie was about their coming of age being reflected upon while they were adults. Yes. Everything else was happening, and there were whole like I noticed that Mike's dad wasn't around, but you also noticed certain things of how he would interact, not having, but they didn't even mention it. It yeah. is what I'm saying, but I'm saying the way the story was written, if you would say, Yeah, he acts in these particular ways he didn't know these certain lessons mm -hmm. because he had to learn them elsewhere it's like oh but that does make sense because of how the but they don't got to explain that it's like that's not what we're talking about and so to answer think about the little brother here's the thing whatever happened people wouldn't be talking about it that much so let, let's just say mike and his little brother fell out or something or or whatever happened that the little brother just wasn't around maybe he got shot i don't know whatever happened no i don't hey. know i'm just saying but if he did <laughs> let, let's, you, you could have said any number of scenarios look the point <laughs> I, i'm just trying to make 
I was trying to make an extreme example. That no Bobby did get shot by Tupac's character. From no, Jesus. I'm just saying, no matter what happened, <laughs> let, let, let's say yeah, it happened. Let's say, <laughs> let's say it happened eight years ago, right? Like that wouldn't be what you was talking about at the You're wedding. right. Yeah. You're just so you know right. So, so, like no matter what it was, everybody knows what happened. Bro, you just, and, you just, yeah. you just solved it for me. You really yeah. did because the other thing that they didn't show was the guys ever having any kind of fight. You know, they had disagreements, but we never saw them like, oh, I'm I'm so upset with you. I won't be talking to you I'm for a few days. I'm never talking to you again. Exactly. <laughs> they never had a falling out. But the truth of it is, bro, that's not what you would reflect on when you're sitting there at the wedding and you're, you're, you're moving into this big transition. It wouldn't be the You're waiting you for your on. nasty throw up clothes but, but, but cleaned. I, but can I also say this? <laughs> That type of fallout, it's between three homeboys, it's very reasonable that that would never happen in their whole life. Like that is reasonable. Because like when you have, when you're friends with your homeboys on that level, like y'all beef conversations are like, yo, did you say this? No. <laughs> oh, all right. So anyway, yeah, you're moving on. Like, like, like you don't get, so I'm just saying, yeah, thank the, you for the that. level of beef they had where like, you know, he was like putting him in the headlock because he was drunk. He said, Roland, <laughs> I will beat your little ass. Yeah, like that's usually, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's very yeah. reasonable that that's the extent of it. Like, yeah. like one of your boys gets too drunk and you got to Yo, get to it in the score. You know, like, like there's that. But like yeah. outside of that, and it's funny because even in your boy's drunkness, He's not 100 percent fighting you. You know, he's, he's like, not. He's, he's definitely like, not. fighting you. But yeah. there's somewhere in there he knows he's wrong. And this is like, <laughs> so even that doesn't get to the point where it's like, you know, because I'm just saying, I I I never started drinking. I I just missed it. I don't, it just never happened for me. <laughs> so I, I and by the time I even wanted to maybe integrated. I was Listen. too old to be trying to figure out how much to drink. I can't be. I know, never wanted to not know where I was, honey. But, Why do I not want to know where I am? But, uh. but the point I'm trying to make is, is I, so obviously I've been a designated driver my whole life. And so I've just said, like being in that situation where you're corralling a drunk homeboy, even that, <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's You just, related to that too. Whoa. All of it. Even, even the magic of not I, I don't want to say magic but the the that experience of having like this woman who you met when you were a kid and like it's like y'all keep you know y'all messed around you know you had these experiences when you were young and then life you know sends you apart and then you connect again for a little bit the life sends you apart and it, but it's like as soon as you see each other it's that Man, it's, we had something special. You yeah, know, like even yeah. even that, mm -hmm. all of it. I, I'm all just saying, it. And now that I am past the point where my boys, you know, whoever's getting married probably <laughs> is married by now. But it also hits me harder because a lot of the fears that they were having are true. And the fears of it ain't going to be the same. And like in that moment, you're thinking it could be the same though. It, it could be, 
but it's just not. It's not. It's like, like I have friends. If I call them right now, we'll pick up the phone. We'll talk. It'll be love. But we just, we might not have talked in two years. Right. And it's just because. You you get busy. You have other priorities. I mean, you married, you got kids that like, that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can't like to hang out. There's so many more steps. You know what I'm saying? There's so many more things to do. Um, I had a, I, I had a friend who, who called me literally. It was a one call. It was a call that you only get every once in a while. I haven't spoke to this man in years. Uh, Fred Boyle Stucky. Yeah, yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah boy, yeah. Mark's older brother. And, <laughs> and Boyle was, when we, we all lived in like um, DMV area. A lot of us from Pittsburgh were all there. And he was like the linchpin of making sure everybody already hung out, always hung out. And he would always, you know, get, get everybody together. But anyway, he calls me. We haven't spoken. I'm telling you, like five, like years. And he's like, man, I just wanted to say what's up. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because, like, we're talking. I'm like, yo, we used to just hang all the time. Right. Like, we would just all get together all the time. But it's like, yo, this person got kids and this person is married and they moved here and this person did this and that. Yeah. And so I'm just saying, knowing even what they don't know, that man, y'all fears, it's not that they're unwarranted. It's not that y'all lose love. But things are are going to change. They are going to change, you know? I think that I have always been like, it's going to change. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe that is because of like my first examples of that would be my siblings leaving for college. Wow. Like, Mm. yeah, that's a good one. You, You grew up with them, but now... They're not in the house every day. I remember moving Aubrey into Morgan. And I remember that's crying that's... as we drove away. Like, I remember- And I've never as... experienced that. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, and, and even... I, I, I experienced you leaving and I experienced leaving Brittany. Yes. So those, you know, both of those things. And, and then you now, this person becomes just a blip. They don't mean to, but you're in college. Yeah. So they come home at holidays if they're not interning in the summer or because we all are pretty ambitious kids. But if they're not coming home for the summertime, they're staying where they are. They have a job. They are interning They're They have created a life in this area. So you're seeing them just every now and then. Mm. So I want to because as you all are talking, I'm like, why when my friends were getting married, didn't it didn't make me go, oh, oh my God, everything is changing. I was like, that's just because that's what happens. Yeah, you understood so, change. You you had I, a you understood it better. Right. You, you, it you doesn't, were already you were managing your expectations better. Right. And y'all, we have just made a natural segue to the soundtrack because the first song that we hear on this movie. Do y'all remember what it was? You gotta remember. Back in the day when I was young, I didn't get anymore. the days I said, I wish I was a kid again. <laughs> Back in the day by Ahmad, okay? And y'all, this song, you know- Was he a one-hit wonder? Hmm. Did he come out with more stuff? I, I think, I think he was 
I certainly don't know. I didn't even know the name of this person that had this yeah, voice. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I, was he one Until I heard that voice before. I think that was a one hit. Yeah, but this song, y'all. Somewhere Ahmad is like, I had seven hits. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just don't know me. I mean, he's obviously a very good lyricist because this song, it is. The song it, is and it's exactly what we were just talking about it's about just life moving on and then you get to look at yesterday in the context of today and you appreciate it so much more and I love these lyrics and obviously I I didn't really know this song I knew the hook because you hear that all the time but I as I was just reading through the lyrics he's reminiscing on things like the kind of shoes we used to wear back in the 80s and you know um the way we um the kind of socks we wore you know he's talking about the music we listen to and um and he's truly just it's a it's a song that is about cherishing youth and cherishing your childhood and 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 um and really recognizing how those moments that were just your day to day really were quite special, you know. And um, I just thought this whole soundtrack was just uh, great. Yeah, it's just I it was so many good songs. I can call out a couple of the songs that played during the movie. Yes, definitely back in the day, uh, a mod by a mod. Um, definitely um, the Biz Marquee song, "Make the Music with Your Mouth," Biz. I Know You Got Soul by Eric B. and Rakim. The Overweight Lovers in the House by Heavy D. Of course, If This World Were Mine by Luther Vandross. Um, they played I Want to Know by Joe. Mm -hmm. And they played like at the wedding, You're My Latest, My Greatest Inspiration. Uh, but but so when they, were, when they were doing the flashbacks, they played songs from that time. From that time frame. You know, and and so I just thought the soundtrack was really great. Did you? Did they you, did, did a great job. Did the music hit y'all the way it hit me? It was, but because these types of movies, the '90s and the early 2000s, had a way of making music a part of the story without us even yes, realizing. They did. It. Yes. So when you're listening to <clears throat> it, you're just in a mood. It, it puts you in a mood. You're well like, said. you well know, so said. yeah, it's a it's a part of it. I, I, I'm just saying. Those... Even right down to them dancing. Yeah. They were doing their dances and those outfits they had when I was cracking up because one girl looked like she just came from church. I was like, oh, well, that, that was that was us. That was a steal. That was a style. I was cracking up. <laughs> they just, I mean, they really just they just nailed all of that. Like, like, like that whole scene with the Luther Vandross oh. um song and their dancing, like. The way that they just captured those moments, I remember I was, and I'm saying this, this is something I feel our generation was the last generation that we had it. But being that boy across the room from the woman you like, there ain't no app to swipe on. There ain't no, it is now or never, baby. You got to summon the strength to go talk to her. And if you fail, you just gonna walk back in front of everybody <laughs> with your face. But on the other side of that, when you are successful, okay? And you are getting that dance. <laughs> it's just like, they just captured that perfectly. Bro. And I, I'm just saying, I'm, I remember for me, I go say her name, but, <laughs> 
for me, it was ice skating, a couple skate, ice skate, and the song was Tenderoni uh, <laughs> by, by Bobby Brown. And I'm gonna tell you right now, till this day, when I hear it, my brain just goes that to that moment. moment of couple skate where um, playing tenor, Tenderoni, I'm just saying, they really grab those moments. Like yes. even, even, cause if I'm not mistaken, the um, the the one song during the lost virginity scene was I want to know, right? That was that one, right? Mm-mm. It was this one were mine, and then they went to something else. I can't remember. Maybe let me see. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, remember. there was a second song. I'm gonna see if I have it in my notes. But but even in those moments, those songs will be in your head, ready or not. What? Movies. Movies like to make those scenes like romantic. And those situations are not romantic. It's awkward. They are awkward. <laughs> they are they are just what is going on. They are over before you even know it. And somehow it's still magical. And, th- and those songs. That's another thing. You don't realize how magical it is until later. But right. those, but those songs, like then when you listen to that song, th- you know, twenty years later, like man, that was so funny. See, like like I, something you're talking about, bro. I think is so important is the yeah. innocence of children and allowing mm. children to figure things out. Mm. I am not saying that you shouldn't give them guidelines, right? Like, hey, it's hot. Don't touch it. But what I am saying is that if they, but give them something that says now, but if you do touch it, run your finger under some cold water, yes, some aloe, and this is it. And now, you know, don't touch it again. You're right. You know, like that type of, so I'm just using that as an example to say. It's a perfect one. You need to allow children to grow up and you need to allow them to make decisions um, on their own. And so just the innocence and the beauty of it, where it's like, I, they're they're in this moment where it's like, well, I'm a virgin, you're a virgin. We really like each other. It should be someone special. We're special to each other. Well, let's do this. And then neither one of them really knowing what's supposed to happen, but it's like, I have a general idea. I get the gist. And I trust you. And I trust you. And I trust you. And so just seeing them, be and then now what was at their conversation afterwards was like so what about the dance so it's like this this becomes the important part now like one of the things that that because one of the things I was thinking about while I was watching it was um how so much of what was happening in this film is not relatable to young people now and one Mm. of them that was really clear to me was like the mystery of a person's body um Mm. I right now young people they well, they're, they're photographing themselves and they're, they're posting pictures, even the poses that they use. They're so, and I, and I'm not saying this in a way that is a judgment way. It is a fact that these poses are feet, you know, they're leaning into showing certain parts of their bodies and, you know, highlighting butts and breasts. And it's like, and, and young guys with no shirts on, I don't know. It's just like, there's when when we were getting ready for the dance the guy was slightly unknown you know and you were slightly unknown and so oh it was also the mystery of it all and now kids just put so much of themselves out there and 
you know, so it's not just their physical bodies, it's their thoughts, you know, to have the internet in your hands all day where you can just tell everyone you're connected to everything you're thinking. It's just very different. As for us, it was so serious. We were looking to pick the music that we were playing behind us when we were going to call a girl. So like, if you go to call a girl, it's like, all right, if I have, you know, so, so <laughs> in the background, but it was this whole, it was. you know, you're putting together and this whole conversation is about music. And I'm just saying that music punctuates so many of these moments that we're talking about. And I'm just saying, I feel like the movie did phenomenal. When you're walk, we're walking into the party. That's how it felt. Yes, that's how it felt. It was walking into the party, and just that you know, and the art of getting a number. That was the other. Like, if you know a, a girl's name, all you gotta do is look her up. Now, and, yeah, but like even that, like yo, I gotta talk to her. I gotta, you know what I mean? I gotta, you know, say something. That's and then when I get her number, I gotta get ready to talk to the mom or the dad or whoever's gonna pick up the phone before I even get to her. And it's just like I feel like all of these things impact your ability and, and, to and communicate and, and, and some and it's not and again, it's not better or worse. It's just yeah. different because there are different. a whole lot of complications and other kinds of questions that come yeah. up that yeah. we didn't have to grapple with. So, you know, but it's just the other thing that I thought about was um, when they couldn't find Roland, you know, um, you know, it was like, it was obviously it was like, you know, it was, it was at the point where it was like late, late nineties, I guess. And so yeah. they had pagers, but they didn't have yeah. cell phones. They didn't have find a friend, you know? And so literally they were just in this holding pattern of, well, we have to wait and hear from him. Yeah. Whereas now if we can't find someone, we have all these things we can do to try to figure out where they are. When was their last story that they put on Facebook, Instagram? <laughs> When's the last time they did a TikTok? Check so-and-so's page, check so-and-so's page. What happened? So -so. The I mean, there's so many things that you can do. And Absolutely. you could just call them for yes. 20 times, yes. you know, then you draw conclusions. Did the phone ring? Did it go straight to voicemail? The phone yes. on, is it off? You know, and so there was also just this, he could actually be out of touch for a couple of hours. Yeah. You know, which I, that was another interesting thing. Um, and on this topic of like, just translating the movie to today, that same Vice article that I told you about, they, you know, this, this, um, this, this writer, she raised some, an interesting thing I didn't really think about, but she's so right. If we were to take this exact same story and, you know, whatever happened in the, in the eighties, you put it in today, it would be really problematic in a movie. Oh, no like she, she talks about like a game. She says, um, a game wherein the three boys get money every time they grab the girl's butt. <laughs> would likely make a 2019 audience cringe and reinforces the idea of how men are taught at a young age to claim ownership of and objectify the bodies of women. Additionally, the friends making a high school bet to see who would get laid first was also very telling. The bet involved putting money in a pussy pot for every time they failed at having sex with another girl and the winner, the one who finally had sex would receive all the money in the pot. And she was just basically saying like, these things, they feel perfectly fine in the context of this movie, but now it would be seen as problematic. Because they were, here's the thing. 
the human species wouldn't exist if we didn't like each other. Number one. I mean, right? Like that's how well, bro, we propagate. But it's, it's not but, the liking, it's the objectifying but here's, bodies but what and, I'm saying is conquest. But what I'm saying is, is when you take that and put it in an immature mind, <laughs> there are things that are going to be mistakes. Like I, I'll, I'll say one we used to do. Snapper goes raw straps. I remember that. Okay. That is obviously a horrible thing <laughs> in certain contexts, but my, I wasn't a predator. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't behind a door like, like that's not how you're and, thinking and like the, those the twisted those guys, other the twisted other side of that bro is we would get together like ah so-and-so's not my bra i'm so upset but we right right yeah i can't you believe it <laughs> this bra that i have to wear with for that, the past that's, six clear, that's clearly padded because i put right. in it when no, i got like, to can school can you believe right and the thing is is that I'm sad that they, I know, like you say, who's to say was better, worse, whatever. But I'm just saying, I'm glad that it was just, all those dudes was thinking, well, he wanted to touch your butt. Like, that's what, and he got consequences and life worked that out. And the funny thing is, it also showed you how you're maturing because when he, he won the bet, but he didn't even say it. You know what I'm saying? Like he did because she was special. That's what I'm saying. It's like you're like you start learning these lessons, but like when you're 11 and you see a nice butt, you're like, but you know, what I mean? like, even for those times, they did a good job with it, having her show. If everybody used a buzzword right now, some sexual autonomy. When she says to him in the library, maybe you just have to find someone who wants it as much as you do. Mm-hmm. And, and and her lightweight being able to, like she's saying this to him like yeah it's true it's I'm true. all in your court brother you better start bouncing like I, i'm <laughs> saying in that one situation i feel like they show in my opinion it was exactly what happened should happen you had a young overzealous dude went too far first thing she did clocking that's what she did because that's what would happen on, on the, on the, like, that's literally what would happen. Imagine, and what's the house part? There, how many butts have been touched and then punched in the face immediately following by said chick? So that was layer number one. Layer number two, brother came in, beat you down. You got a good beating in front of everybody. And after that, we respect each other. Right. And you know, now now and, we've and learned it's, lessons. It's perfectly logical. It's perfectly logical. I, I, I will say though, and again, this is one of these things where these kids nowadays are having a different experience. Mm-hmm. It's like now it is possible like to, to raise a young person to understand what it means to touch and what it means for a person to respect personal space. You know, we have words for that now and it's, and it's common. And, and now in schools, they are held accountable to kind of like understanding these standards. Cause I just remember growing up and hearing things like, oh, if a boy hits you, he likes you. And, um, and then again, just that twisted philosophy amongst the girls where if something disrespectful happened, we were proud of it because it meant that they liked us. Oh, they like us. So they're doing something that makes us uncomfortable 
he, 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 let's all laugh. And now we're comparing notes. And I think now young people understand how to say, here is the version of, you know, affection that it feels right to me that I can celebrate, you know, whereas we were just taking anything and saying, oh, we got attention that equals we're liked, you know, and that was the goal um, was to have somebody I'm, like you, you know, <laughs> I'm just really glad. I, I'm just glad I'm not a kid in this. I'm, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not because like, but bro, but if you were a kid now, you wouldn't know. It, it, it's just a completely different context. Well, I, I, the definition of respect I'm, has just evolved. I'm, you know. What I'm saying is, and I'm just saying, I know, I know this is one of those topics, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I don't believe, me having grown up how I grew up, there are no words you would tell me to make me feel differently. And to me, the experience had to play out the way it played out. Like for me to truly understand. So anyway, but point that I know we got a little, we're not off topic. We're not off topic at all. We're talking about this is about coming of age. This is about coming of age. And I'm just, I will say this on that, just that frame is that we never, we can never get to where we are now without where we've been. That's it. And so I think that that is something in my, I personally, I always acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason, we're at a space now where we have these words, like, you know, that you were talking about sis, but at one point we didn't, that wasn't the language. That wasn't the mindset. That wasn't the space. And it was like that in the Mm nineties. And then wherever happened prior to the nineties got us to the nineties. And so I just, I think about just the, we don't, things just don't pop up and happen. You know, think like even just the fact that we have a personal computer in our hand, but when computers first came out, they were the size of a room. Like that type of, you don't get to anything overnight into where we are. There were a series of events that have happened that people may be evaluated. And now it's like, well, you know what? Give language and you need to make sure you have permission. Mm-hmm. Um, but even it, I don't think that even though we're saying these things now, it dismisses how the, the innocence was in the nineties. Exactly. You it's, different. Movies. it's different. You know, it's, it's like, it's like it, it was, it was just a, a, a different mode, mm-hmm. a different time. I don't think that it, you know, demotes any of it it disrespects any of it they just change they just they just change and mm-hmm. you know I don't want anybody to you know but it, it makes you think just differently it just makes you go oh, okay well um but also just to that point of like all oh, the girls are you know oh my gosh you touched me da 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 that was not my experience. Okay. I was not around here getting my booty smacked and bra snapped. That was not a part of me growing up, but my, my experience was just much different. Um, and I knew those things were happening, but it also put you into a space of like, because you grow up as a young woman, 
if they do these certain types of things to you, that means they like you. So then what happens when those things aren't happening? Yep. And so I think sometimes what has happened now is that they're trying to make an even playing field for people to be like, hey, stop grabbing booties and snapping bras and go say something. Like, you know, <laughs> like that, like that type of thing, because there's this conversation of if it's not happening, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. Then how do you feel? Everybody can't win though, right? Every everybody does not get first place. Okay. But it's but it's just one of those things where I think that people have were in their heart of hearts, people are trying to make things better. But sometimes I think that is making it a little sensitive and it's becoming more complicated. And it's like, well, I'm just not even gonna look at anybody because I'm well, gonna walk around like this and just well, hope you know, like it's just you know, it's, it's, it's well, you know that sometimes the but the the truth is that you know our our experiences were very innocent for the time, mm-hmm. you know. But for every innocent experience that was happening, there was an experience that wasn't innocent. Absolutely. And, and it was and it was happening in a context where the accountability wasn't there. You know, because if you're in a situation where we're, we're sque- squeezing the butt or snapping the, the bra strap does happen, things that are two or three steps beyond that might also happen because people are, because there's, there's not a system of accountability around it. And I will yeah. just say growing up, and I mean, part of it is that I have been like 5'10 since I was 10 years old, you know, <laughs> but I, I have always uh, the the same kinds of things that were happening with boys my age, those things were happening with men when I was when I was coming up, you know. And so the same signals of he likes me that I would get from boys my age, I was getting it from grown men at church. And so I I and again I'm I, I'm so grateful. I was never in a situation where someone took advantage of me or anything like that. But I am just gonna say like when certain boundaries don't exist, they just don't exist. And you would hope people would mature into understanding the boundaries. But at the end of the day, if the accountability is not there, you know, it, it, it's some kind of structure to kind of put some bound, boundaries around it. I mean, some of the things that grown men said to me, I, I, it was 15 years later when I look back, like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But at the time, it was just that that was how the boundaries were. You yeah. know, and it was just like, they could get away with saying certain things. Um, but again, it's different now. So it's, it's, it's just, it's almost just like a, but to your point, sis, it's just because we learned from that. Somebody mm-hmm. did look back 15 years and say, Hey, that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> and now, and now let's stop it you let's know? Stop. or let's well, do something. Well, speaking of that, just adult child dynamic, if I have a segue is I don't want to, cause I feel like we're about to come to a close. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss that conversation that Mike had with his mom. And we, like Aubrey said earlier, you know, we, we realized the father, he wasn't there, but that wasn't some big part of it. It was just like, he just wasn't there. We don't know where it was. And so, um, but she didn't come home. She wasn't some stressed out. I'm cussing you out. What you doing? Why ain't you doing your homework? She came in to see him. She was a dancing. nurse. She was, was a, a nurse. nurse. Mom was a nurse. And she came in to see him dancing with the, a, a rabbit. A, a stuffed animal. rabbit. A stuffed rabbit animal. And she's like standing in the doorway. And she's like, what are you doing? And so it was just a nice lighthearted moment of watching her son 
like be silly and little brother comes in and he's looking at him laughing and they're sitting down on the couch and she's like well who is she and she's like he's like ma's not anybody she's like only a woman can make a man dance do the things that you just did yeah and so it was just this really sweet moment of like well you know get washed up i'm about to go start dinner it wasn't like why aren't you doing your homework the dishes ain't done y'all kids that i mean just going crazy it was just a sweet mother son moment very true i appreciate it was it was just you know something i appreciated yeah and listen y'all i almost forgot the other article i pulled up that i wanted to to, to read to y'all from this article it is from 1998 so it's from that time and it is by the brookings institution which is a very well-known think tank okay they do a ton of research and um and this is an article y'all that i actually remembered and went to go find and it's called black progress how far we've come and how far we have to go okay and the authors are abigail thernstrom and stephen thernstrom and i'll just read you this one part and you'll know why it's relevant for this movie progress is the largely suppressed story of race and race relations over the past half century and thus it's news that more than 40% of African-Americans now consider themselves members of the middle class. 42% own their homes, a figure that rises to 75% if we look just at black married couples. Black two-parent families earn only 13% less than those who are white. Almost a third of the black population lives in suburbia. Because these are facts the media seldom report, the Black underclass continues to define Black America in the view of much of the public. Many assume Blacks live in ghettos, often in high-rise public housing projects. Crime and the welfare check are seen as their main source of income. The stereotype crosses racial lines. You know, Blacks are even more prone than whites to exaggerate the extent to which African-Americans are trapped in inner-city poverty. Hmm. You know, anyway, so the, art the article goes on to say it is, it is essentially... As we were talking about the wood and why it felt so unique and refreshing in terms of like, it, it was so relatable because it is the experience of many of us, but we don't get to see it on the screen. Yeah. This is an article from a think tank, a research institution. They're not giving opinion, they're stating facts that, that, have, that they've, well, anyway, you know, research always yeah. still can have some yeah, bias, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, but the point is that this is an institution saying listen the the narrative is not matching the numbers here you know and so and hollywood is still and i think it's getting better y'all i see more you know we see more of life that looks like the lives we live you know um you see more of it now on television and in movies but back at that time they just weren't showing what was the average life for as what we can see was 40 percent of us we would just see the extremes. Totally. You just see mm. these extremes. And it's just like, um, so anyway, I was just happy to find this article from that that time period. I'm glad yeah. we found that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, y'all, we covered a lot. I'm looking at all the categories. We covered everything. Yeah. I think. Um, well, we didn't talk about the acting. But oh, yeah. But but, but I, I'll just That's say true. that that the casting what? and the acting, the cast was beautiful. And it was still like it felt like a real wedding. It felt like, because, <laughs> like, you know how when you see weddings, 
you could be like, yeah, I can see why y'all are a crew. Like, like it, it made sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's how it usually is. And it was funny. Even now, like, like usually when you're watching a movie, not usually, but a lot of times when you're watching a movie from way back when you can be like, oh, that was probably funny. And you know, and that whatever. Time. Yeah. But like, it was really funny. And like the, and the crazy hijinks that were going on, <laughs> they were acting in a way, it made me feel like I was actually watching it. Cause, cause like when, when they had to go get hosed off, right? Yeah. And they were just laughing. Like, you're like, you can see a situation, a group of old friends, you know what I'm saying? Being in this circumstance, and I just felt like even the acting was right where it needed to be. Yeah. Was it too much? It wasn't. Well, what, when- what about what about when they were young though, bro? So so and let me just say, like, I, I thought the adult acting, bro, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I thought all of the actors at, at the adult storyline, I thought really did a good job. <laughs> the young guys, though, mm, I gotta tell you, I I felt like um I thought Stacy was very good. I thought Mike was very good. I thought the actors that played Slim and Roland, I felt like they were okay. Those, those are the only two in the whole cast to me. Oh, and obviously Melinda Williams playing young Alicia. She was great. But those two, for me, their acting left a little bit to, to be desired. There were times where I, it felt like you were they were reciting a line. I don't know. It, 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 it took me well, out well, of it. It I, took me out of it a little bit. Here's what I'll say to that. You're not wrong, <laughs> but that's how you were back then. Okay. They were acting all the time. You're all the time. Oh. You know, they're young. They're trying to be cool. They're trying to, they're being very deliberate. <laughs> Thank you, with everything bro. they say. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how, oh, they like, were, think about They are posing. Down to the they very, are posing. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's what they're doing. Down to, I mean, you're figuring out literally what you're going to say. You see, they're sitting there making game plans of, <laughs> oh, all right, we're going to get the number. We go, you know, everything. <laughs> they had a whole conversation about what TikTok. So, of course, everything they're saying is going to. Bro, you point, just, you just, you, know? you just gave me a light bulb, bro. Thank you. I, get I don't it know now. if that was intentional, but I'm just saying. No, but that that's it how works. It, felt to me. it works, yeah. bro. It works. I was gonna say I thought that they all did a good job. I because there were parts I was cracking up, like I whenever up. when Slim when the younger Slim was like, "Miss Johnson, what page thirteen on?" and it's like, "Oh no, what's happening here? <laughs> Why don't you know what page thirteen is? Because it's just page 13. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no guesses here. It was so like I just I, there were just certain things that. Well, really I mean, I thought, I thought he was making a joke, right? Like he was. No, I thought he was being serious. No, no, I took he it was, as he was making a joke. He's being. Oh. A, he was obviously a class. Yeah, he cutout. was being a. Oh, I, 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 and I, that I, would I, happen. But that you know, would that, happen. That, that, that would happen. happen. You know, and somebody was, would be peacocking and and doing all the different stuff. Even whenever just a call to um, the Chronic album, because he said. You ain't, uh, he said to his friend, you ain't getting no um, zigzag, no drip drag. You ain't getting no zit. What, what did he say? Zigzag. You didn't get zigzag. You're not getting any drip drag. And so it just made me laugh because he was like, that shit rhyme. <laughs> and it was just so funny. Just like he is high right now. 
And I, so watching people who are hot staffs, you're just like, what is happening? So it just made me laugh. He was like, I'm gonna make a whole album about weed. That stuff going, it's going to sell. It's going to sell. <laughs> and I was like, they're really, yeah, that, that it, yeah, that happened. That but happened I like how there was like a Several call. Times. Yeah. I like, I like how it was just a call to that. Um, now the only, the only casting decision I would really question, cause I, I, cause again, I, I enjoyed these characters and the casting. The only one that I struggled with a little bit was Melinda Williams growing up to be Sanaa Lathan. That was <laughs> a little question. I, I, cause I felt like for the guys, they did such a good job of finding actors that, that looked enough alike. Like you could see that young Omar Epps first. growing up to, to, to be the big Omar Epps. But Melinda Williams could never grow up to be Sonali. And by the way, do you know that Melinda Williams is actually a year older than Sonali? I was about to say they look the same age. I was just about to say that. She's one year older. That. So like right now, Sonali's 51 and Melinda's 52. Yo, that I was just going to say that. I was going to say they look the same age. But, it, and they were, they're both great actresses and I love them. They did. And so, and ter- separately that casting is, is good because it's like, okay, these are two great actresses that we all enjoy and, and they will, they will get me to the theater. Either one of them will get me to the theater. <laughs> they don't look, and they don't even look a tablespoon alike. They're not even the same, like in terms of like height, a, yeah. a proportions, complexion. See, nothing. you could have, Melinda could have grown up to be me alone. That would have been. I could have worked with that. I that would have been a that. better grow up, because I just. But I. But the way I settled it in my mind, because this is something that I. I text you all know. I text Aubrey and Janiyah as I'm watching most of these movies, and um. Which one day I, we'll we'll post screenshots <laughs> of that. The um. Oh, oh, all of them. Listen. Uh, but what makes me laugh is what make what made me settle it in my mind is that they probably were like well we love both of you all and so we don't care and I just was like because I would have probably said the same thing as the casting like there's we're going to catch a little flack from this from the black people we don't care because that, we love y'all so <laughs> it's an yeah, it's I think at the time was a notable name oh absolutely so, so. Well, I mean they, they, they definitely showed her like she did yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I that um I didn't think anybody. I mean, she's a notable name now to us. Well, she, that, that, like that came but. out the same year as Best Man, you know? So, I mean, Sanaa was out there. She was out here in these acting streets. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember what year Love and Basketball came out. Let me see. Was that, like, that 2000? I think it was 2000. It was 2000. Again, it's like this college year's nostalgia for me. Yeah, it was 2000 since you got it. They, um... I didn't think anybody particularly looked like anybody. So <laughs> I, I I give a slide on that. Okay. Because that's, that, that's a, but I like, I felt like everybody pretty much acted like their older counterparts. I agree with that. But, they did a but, good but job. The, but the one part that, and that bothers me. Like when more than the looks, when I got somebody who's acting a different way, because People grow up, but I mean, like you're still who you, you are. If you know me now, you knew me. You know that. You know what I mean? Like, tell like me, you, tell you me. know. But um, what I do think they should have did was they needed one more round for junior high. That's that. If I was nitpicking, they needed another round of actors for junior high. 
around from high school. Yes. And then the adults. Like that, in my, but that would be, I would just be. Listen, you're getting into that this is us mode where they, they had 75 people acting. Well, I'm just saying. But I liked it though. I'm saying. Yeah. The fact that they. Okay. I think we're ready to vote, y'all. Mm-hmm. As if we have to, right? <laughs> Take us to the vote, bro. I can't wait to know what you might. I, <laughs> what am I? Hold on. What are What are you thinking? What? You seem very on the fence. I'm just. Ooh. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. Ooh. You're on the fence. Come back to me. No. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, yes, it definitely gets my my uh, kids TikToks. I really love this movie. From start to begin, start to finish, <laughs> I loved it. Great suggestion, Brittany. And even right now, Janaya had me mention in our text thread, like I needed a light movie, and it's like everything is so heavy nowadays, man. Like everything is heavy, everything, and it's piercing, man. It's piercing, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, like I'm not trying. Trying to say that's how you should look at the world or anything. But I'm just saying, it's nice when that was just a great feeling. It's a movie I know I'll be watching over and over again. I am glad I didn't have it in my experience until now because I don't think I would have been able to get it the way I get it now if I saw it in in 99. I would have enjoyed it. But it wouldn't have hit home because I wasn't reminiscing the way these guys were reminiscing. Yeah. I was only out of high school for three years. You know what I mean? So like knowing like, yo, this is exactly how the conversations go. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking, you're painting these pictures that you can see like a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every experience rang true. This is definitely a new part of my movie rotation. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. I mean, um, surprise. I feel the same way. You know, <laughs> This movie is definitely going to get my pack of Tic Tacs. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that this movie did for me was it gave me like, I, I, I hate to say this, but I didn't know Rick Famayua. I didn't know yeah. his name. And y'all, he directed and co-wrote Brown Sugar. So we have even wow. said his name on this podcast. Um, it, it, it gave me another um, like director and writer that I could just feel like is, is, is just doing the work that needs to be done to get these stories out here that give you the whole black story, you know, and somehow some of these makers, some of them, some of these creatives are getting it through and Rick is doing it. You know, you look at his um, and his other stuff, y'all. I mean, he did. Um, hold on, I had just pulled it up. He, in addition to Brown Sugar, he also did Our Family Wedding. Did y'all see that? Um, Isn't that with um, Lance Gross? Yes, with Lance Gross. He did Dope in 2015. You know, I didn't see Talk to Me in 2007. But I, I know about it, you know, in anyway, it was about a, um, it was about a, a sixties radio personality. Anyway, I got to just say, I, I am grateful. Oh yes. I remember that drama. I'm grateful that this movie exists and, and I'm truly in gratitude because it's telling a story that I can relate to 
completely. You know, I think I watch uh, some black movies and I relate to them thematically, you know, and I relate to them in terms of like, um, you know, my social awareness, you know, and I relate to them in terms of like looking at parts of my community and being able to see, yeah, this is real. This lives, this lives with me. This is a part of who I am. But watching this movie, this literally, this was like me and my friends. That's how I felt watching it. Yeah. And it was like my family. It felt like my family. And so it was just so relatable. And I just, I don't get that feeling often. So I'm, I'm grateful for this movie that it exists. And that's why it gets my Tic Tacs. Nice. Um, this movie does get my Tic Tacs uh, for just everything Aubrey and Janiah have already said. Um, but also that it just brings up internal dialogue conversation. I had a conversation with myself like, should Lisa Ray, should Lisa still marry him after he disappeared the day of the wedding? And, you know, all these, I, I like, I had this conversation with myself and be as like, I could see myself maybe, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago being like, oh, what? Uh-uh. <laughs> but now because of living life experience, I'm like, absolutely. He had cold feet. Like that happens and he's here. And so I just, I think about what these types of movies allow you to do, which is see real life mm. in the, in art form. And so I appreciate that. So yes, it absolutely gets my Tic Tac. I enjoyed it. I will still enjoy it. The lines that have been cracking me up since this movie came out were cracking me up when I was rewatching it. It's I was saying different. them. Yeah. So this, this, and just to know, I hate that I don't know this director's name just off of head, like how we would know John Singleton and stuff it's like right. that. Like I want to, cause everything you're naming, I'm like, mm, I've seen all of those things. Why don't I know his name? And so, now um, we will say it. It is amazing. Will, yes. Always use it. So yes, it definitely gets my TikTok. Oh, yay. So there you have it. Surprise ending everyone to the podcast. Divert <laughs> <laughs> your expectations. <laughs> the Wood is a classic from the right perspective. Y'all, this was a great way to kick off uh, the second half of our season, kick off the year 2023. It was so fun doing this with you, bro. And sis, I love you. Thank, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see Happy you next New time. Year. Happy I love New Year. Year.